Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Zoom. Tonight I'm going to <coughs> excuse me, talk about um, a case that gets talked about a lot in uh, Zen circles. Uh, this is case 21 from the Book of Serenity. Uh, it's called Yunyan Sweeps the Ground. And even though this case gets talked about a lot, I've never talked about it. So I, I thought, well, maybe before my day is over, uh, I, I give it a talk. And anyway, something something uh, came up for me about this case. Some, a, a kind of new thought came up, and I thought it would be worth bringing up uh, with you. So in case you're not familiar, uh, Book of Serenity is a, is a compilation of uh, stories about Zen masters, the doings and interactions of Zen masters uh, during the Tang Dynasty in China. And this book was compiled in, after the Tang Dynasty, but not that far long after, probably in, uh, I think, the 11th century, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was compiled. So these stories uh, that have been circulating about these, the doings of these Zen masters, um, you know, got put in a book um, and passed down to us and translated into English all, not all that long ago for the first time. Some, I think the 1990s or something like that. Um, so um, this case uh, that I'm going to bring in is case 21, Yunyan uh, uh, Sweeps the Ground. And it involves uh, two characters, uh, who are Dharma brothers. Uh, it's not oftentimes the stories are teacher and student, but this this story is about two Dharma brothers who are students of another teacher. And their names are uh, Yunyan and Dawu. And uh, Yunyan in particular is 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 important person for us because um, this place is called uh, uh, Soto, a Zen place. You know, we practice Soto Zen here. And um, Soto Zen is a Soto is a translation of Saodong from Chinese. Anyway, this is a lot of detail, but but um, anyway, Yunyan was the teacher of Dungshan, who gets who gets who contributes his name to Soto. His his name is Dungshan, and and the latter part of his name uh, gets contributed to Saodong. Um, so Yunyan is, is an important teacher for us because he's the teacher of the founder, in a way, of uh, this school of Buddhism in China that and goes to Japan. But these are all, uh, you know, sort of, that's, this is all sort of a history lesson and not maybe that important. So let me tell you about this case, which many of you may have heard before, but I'm sure there's at least a few people in the room and on Zoom that, that may not have heard it. Uh, so it's very short. Um, it goes like this. Yunyan was sweeping the ground. When Yunyan was sweeping the ground, presumably in the monastery, he's in, in the monastery doing, doing his chores, doing his, doing his assignment, his daily assignment, which is sweeping the courtyard, presumably. And uh, Dao Wu came up and said, too busy. And Yunyan responded immediately, uh, you should know 
there is one who isn't busy. Uh, and Dao Wu rejoined, uh, if so, then there are two moons. And Yun Yan, in response, held up his broom and said, oh, which moon is this? So uh, then this case, this, this, this wonderful case, that's, um, uh, di- this wonderful dialogue in, in the Book of Serenity is followed by a, a much more lengthy commenta- you know, commentar- commentary, as is the case. You know, people say something very pithy and succinct, and, and then other people have to go on at length about it. And uh, they do in this book uh, for a few pages. Uh, and I didn't find all of that edifying, but there was, there was one part of the commentary that I would like to bring to your attention that I thought was very straightforward in, uh, in, in telling us, in kind of getting to the heart of what this case is about. Uh, and, and the commentary says uh, there, uh, good people... As you eat, boil tea, sow, and sweep, you should recognize the one not busy. Then you will realize the union of mundane reality and enlightened reality. In the Dungshan progression, that is the Dungshan lineage of teachers, in the Dungshan progression, this is called Simultaneous inclusion. Naturally, not wasting any time. In our chant, we just did, we said something about don't waste time, right? I humbly say to those who study the mystery, don't waste time. So what is not wasting time? Uh, not wasting time is, is, is uh, not forgetting your practice when you're sweeping not forgetting who you are when you're sweeping. Uh, the, the, the inclusion of the mundane, mundane reality and enlightened reality. So <clears throat> I, I, I remembered um, way back when, uh, when I was first getting interested in Zen a long time ago, <laughs> Uh, somebody uh, who, a friend of mine who, who knew I was uh, uh, getting interested in Zen, uh, asked me, you know, like, they were like my elder brother asking me a question about Zen. And they said, this person said, well, why, why is it? Why do I have to pay attention? Why should I pay attention when I'm washing the dishes? It's such a boring mundane task. Why should I, what would be the point of me paying attention at that time? And I, I didn't really, I couldn't really give them an answer. I didn't, I didn't know to say uh, at that time uh, because you will realize the union of a mundane reality and enlightened reality because this is an opportunity to realize the union of these two poles of our practice. 
I didn't know to say that at that time. I didn't have an answer. But if I'd have read this case, I might have been able to come up with it. Or I might have at least been able to quote it. So, uh, you know, in the, the central practice of our school here is, is uh, sitting uh, zazen. And uh, I want to propose that the, the, the reason we make that uh, the central practice is because it's, it, it creates uh, the ideal circumstance, the, the perfect setting, if you will, to have an encounter with the one who is not busy. Zazen is the ideal circumstance. It's the, it's the best um, foot we can put forward uh, to encounter the one who is not busy. And, you know, the case is good people, whatever you're doing, um, uh, you should recognize the one who is not busy, whatever you're doing. And so in Zazen, this is, we're, we're really, you know, we're not physically doing anything. We're not trying to take care. We're not even trying to wash the dishes. We're not trying to, to do anything. Um, so this creates this, this ideal circumstance. And, uh, you know, this is, so because of this, we, we recommend Zazen, you know, and, and our teachers recommended Zazen to all people. Dogen recommended Zazen to everyone uh, because, uh, this, because of this important and, and uh, essential encounter uh, that um, is, 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 a, is a vital component of our well, let's say spiritual life. Let's say our life. Uh, when, you know, most people are kind of uh, caught up in busyness and, and, and actually identify their life as what they do, what they take care of, what they, what they accomplish and so forth. Uh, and some, for some people that is, that is sufficient. I, I, I'm sure that is sufficient for some people. I, I think for many people that is sufficient. Uh, but uh, for other people, that, that's not quite, that doesn't quite satisfy uh, to have a life that is only about accomplishment, only about doing. Uh, we need, some of us, another type of encounter. And we find that that encounter is uh, what really brings us to life. Uh, it's an essential activity for us. And it affirms the direction of our practice when we uh, get in touch uh, with the one who's not busy. It's very affirming.
But um, also, um, uh, our, our life uh, isn't fulfilling uh, if, if, we, if we just stayed in that encounter, if we just stayed over on that side of our life, uh, that wouldn't be uh, it either. If, if, if the one who is not busy uh, never came out of his corner and mixed it up with us and mixed it up with our you know, daily activities, uh, our practice, I don't think, would would be very meaningful or very visible or very um, well-rounded. So, you know, our our full life is there's one who's busy and there's one who's not. And experiencing both sides is satisfying and when uh, you know uh, the, when you when you when you're doing something uh, you know in mundane activity and and you and you you feel the influence of 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 your practice and the one who's not busy that also is very very affirming and my example of this uh is that uh, one time when i was working i was uh i was standing uh at a xerox machine and i was doing some some work you know copying something and a person came up to me and started um unloading on me about a situation and uh, really um, uh, was upset about a situation and seemed to be uh, uh, implying that uh, something I had done, uh, something I, some way that I had been involved in the situation uh, was the cause of her upset and the cause of her unhappiness about the situation. And my usual tendency at that time uh, was to think, "Oh, oh, I, I, I've probably done something wrong. You, you know, she, she's probably got a point. You know, I, I've, pro- it was probably the way I acted in the situation that that caused her to be so upset." But a different thing happened to me at this time, and something shifted, and I, and I, I just stopped, and I listened. And when I stopped and listened, I thought, well, you know, I, I could see that she was upset. But I, I, could, I could treat her upset as a, a thing in itself and that it, nece- it didn't necessarily, you know, have anything to do with me. It was, it was a phenomenon that was happening. She was upset and, uh, and she thought I was to blame. But I had the, I had the experience that, well there's a view happening here and it's being presented to me and 
I can consider what part I had in it, but I didn't, I didn't feel like uh, I suddenly was, uh, had enough distance from the situation that I didn't feel that I was to blame, that I, that, that, that I was the cause of uh, the way she was acting. And uh, that was quite liberating at the time. Uh, to have that kind of, to have that kind of, um, I would say, kind of stillness arise in me in the midst of activity where I could just experience um, You know, it's like when Dao Wu came up to Yunyan, he was kind of upset, maybe, I don't know, too busy, kind of accusatory, right? Kind of like, who knows, but it sounds like he came on strong in any case. And um, uh, it didn't sound like Yunyan uh, bought into it, you know. He said... Um, that's not the whole story. And you're not telling the whole story there, Dao Wu. You should know there's one that's not busy. So at the one day sitting, um, this came up actually when I was thinking about um, the one day sitting that we, we just had a, I don't know, two Saturdays ago. And I was talking there about, about uh, bodhicitta, the thought of enlightenment or the mind of enlightenment. And I could propose that um, the mind of enlightenment is, is the mind that recognizes the one who is not busy. That's the mind of enlightenment. The mind of enlightenment um, is, is, let's just say the mind is, is sitting, sitting, you know, we're just sitting here listening and, um, and then we recognize something. We recognize something that isn't, um, that that isn't that, that we don't feel is um, you know our um, production you know we, 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 we're sitting here and, and you know we're producing thoughts and we feel like we have some agency and we're producing stuff and and then uh, th then this other mind arises and we, and we, and we feel like well that mind that mind isn't really produced. I, that isn't produced, that mind. It isn't, um, it's not coming over the normal channels, I guess you'd say. It's not coming over the normal channels. Um, and uh, when, we, when, when, when we recognize that that mind uh, has arisen, is it's you know there's a kind of calming uh, experience that happens, a kind of 
oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm really not, you know, maybe I'm really not in charge like I think I am. And maybe I'm really not responsible for everybody else's upsets. You know, maybe, maybe, you know, that's my usual way of thinking that I'm, I'm causing all of this stuff around me to happen isn't really, isn't really right. Or I'm responsible for everything around me happening. But maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's some other power. Maybe there's some other uh, mind at work. Uh, so, you know, I think we, you know, zazen is just a process of receptivity. Receptivity to uh, other power, not, you know, not our way of always producing thoughts and feelings and saying, these are my thoughts and these are my feelings. You know, this is generally the way we, we, we go around, right? We think, I'm having these thoughts, I'm having these feelings. And, and it's, all, it's all kind of, you know, gener- I'm just, just this generating thoughts and feelings machine. And then, and then we have some other experience, and we say, "Well, no, I, I, I don't feel that 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 that's under my power. There's some, there's something else. There's some other power here. Some other mind. And we can call that, you know, bodhicitta or." thought of enlightenment or mind of enlightenment, the mind that recognizes the one that's not busy. So the, 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 the kind of new thought that I had that I was going to bring up in the one day sitting, but it didn't seem to fit at that time. So I, I'm bringing it up tonight is uh, the new thought I had was, well, what if, uh, what if Dao Wu came up, instead of saying, uh, too busy, he said, something like, too anxious, or too distracted, or too angry. And, and Yunyan could say in response to those, well, you should know. You should know there's, there's one that's not anxious. You should know there's one that's not distracted. Uh, you should know there's one that's not angry. And I would submit that this is what we're being encouraged to know. We have all this, you know, we have talk that we make to ourselves about uh, who we are and what kind of habits we have, um, you know, and we have self-critical thoughts and we think we're like uh, so and such and such. We, we, we have self-descriptive thoughts, right? Um, I know some 
I, I myself uh, think, you know, I, I say, I'm too anxious. I think that. I think that sometimes. I'm too anxious. I, and I think, I'll say, I say, I also think I'm too fearful. And I know some other people. I've heard that there are other people that have such thoughts. You know, they have their um, internal Tao Wu who's coming up and saying, you know, you're such and such too much. You're such and such too much. You're this way too much. You're that way too much. Too that too much. So, um, in that case, I think it's, it's, it's vitally, it's, 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 it's vitally important that we do a practice um, in which we discover we, and we affirm, no, there is one who is not anxious. I affirm that. I see. I, I meet, I'm meeting that one right now. You know, I'm meeting that one who's not angry right now. Oh, I'm really meeting that one who's not distracted right now. And I'm really enjoying this encounter because it's kind of rare. It doesn't come up that much. But it, it, it affirms something for me that's important. I need to know that. I need to know there's one who's not all those things. So to have a practice that gives um, some uh, window into that mind, uh, that non-anxiety mind, that mind that really is okay with criticism, uh, that really is okay, this is a big one, with failure, <laughs> I'm, I'm, right now, I'm, I'm inscribing raucousies for some of you people. Oh, dear. <laughs> this, is, you know, this is the biggest, big, big practice for me right now. Big practice. To be, um, to be uh, okay with um, failure, with uh, imperfection. You should know there's one, you know, that's another one, right? Too perfect. No, <laughs> too imperfect. <laughs> too imperfect. You're right. No, no. Then you say, no, you should know there's one that's not imperfect. That it's just, it's just perfect. Things are just perfect just as they are. It's just like that. It's okay. It's important, you know. I mean, we can go crazy. You could go crazy trying to do a perfect thing, like a, a perfect physical thing. Like, you know, pick, pick, here's what you, here's, a, here's your experiment. Pick the thing you least know how to do and then promise some people you're going to do it. You know, try this sometime. It's quite, it's quite anxiety provoking. <laughs> so, um, so it's good to have a practice in that circumstance. And um, so uh, let's see.
So I, I love actually, you know, in the story, the broom, that there's a broom and, and that Yunyan holds up the broom and says, which broom is this? And, and uh, you know, Dawu first accuses him of being too busy, then he accuses him of setting up a duality, right? So he's all over Yunyan. They're testing each other, right? They're testing each other. And he says, oh, two moons, there's two moons. You're setting up a duality. You're setting up a duality between, you know, the mundane and the and mundane activity and enlightened activity. And, uh, but Yunyan you know, won't have it. He, he says, there's just one broom here. So I love this gesture of sweeping, right? So sweeping, so how is sweeping accomplished, you know? It's sweeping, sweeping is accomplished by going back and forth, back and forth, left to right or forward and back, whatever, but this sweeping. And this is like, this is like, I think, the, the, the core of the case, you know, that our, 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 and, the, and this is the way our life is. Our life is sweeping back and forth between form and emptiness, between uh, anxiety and non-anxiety, uh, between, you know, the mundane and the sacred. It's sweeping back and forth. It doesn't, and, and so, you know, my teacher, and also Oscar, likes this idea of the pivot. Well, the broom, that broom is our pivot. The pr the, but the broom is our life, and our life is like this. Our life is like sweeping. Our, we don't stay stuck on one side. If you stay stuck on one side in the mundane, it's kind of painful. And, it's, and, if, and if you stay stuck on one side in the sacred, it's kind of... Um, you, you, you could actually become kind of irrelevant, you know, in a way. You know, not, you, there, there, there needs to be a return. Always, you know, always... And this is the way our life is, you know, and, and, and this is the way of a, a person's life of practice is. You know, we get up in the morning and we sit, you know, and we, and we just let ourselves go as deeply as we can go into not doing and, 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 to, and, to rec and to, into recognizing the one that's not busy. And, you know, we let ourselves go as completely as we can in, into that, that mind. And then we get up and we, we engage as completely as we can with everything that there is to do and everything that there is to be with other people and, and, and have a relationship with other people and, you know, care for situations uh, that, that are arising all the time. People are going through all kinds of stuff. Our friends are going through all kinds of stuff. Our relatives are going through all kinds of stuff. And we have to be with all of that. And so we, you know, we, we, we're called to engage, to not just sit on our cushions all the time, but if we have a practice of encountering that one who, who lets go of all that, um, uh, then we can be so much more effective, so much more present for people, so much more uh, helpful, really, I think.
I mean, this, you know, we can't emphasize this enough, you know, really. Uh, we, if, 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 uh, you know, if we stood on, if we stood on the street corner with a sign, uh, you know, it would be, um, you should know, there's one that's not busy. That would be a good sign to put, a, to stand on the corner with. You know, it, it, probably people would get a great kick out of it. <laughs> I think the people in the world would, would get a great kick out of it, and, and, it, and it, it could actually be, you know, pretty helpful. Probably some, if you stood there for long enough, the, the, the newspaper would come out and take a picture of you, and you could teach this case to the, to the community. I'm not saying I'm going to do this, but I invite, <laughs> I invite you to do it. <laughs> so anyway, I think that I think that that was the uh, enough of my story tonight. So um, I'm glad I get to talk about this case once in my career. <laughs> uh, if there's any questions or comments I, we can welcome those now yeah Larry well thanks for that talk Jim I I enjoyed it and I like how you brought it home to our lives really and you know because uh, it starts off conceptually but you really brought it right back to you know our everyday life um, I, you know, I had I had heard the story before, and I had always wondered about, you know, holding the broom. Which moon is this? And I had a thought about it, uh, which is, you know, as you say, there's the, the the mind that is always the anxious and the angry and the this and the that, and the one that is not this and that. I, I think the broom perhaps says. It's not two minds. They're both there right at the same time. It's just a matter of shifting to see one or the other. And maybe when we sit in the zazen, we, we shift and look at the other one. The one who is not busy, who never goes away, is always there. And is, it's there in all of the same things that we do, perhaps, sweeping eating this working whatever uh, so 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 how do you you know uh, distinguish you know which which moon is this it's all the same moon at the same time so it, it just i don't know what but something occurred to me about that as you spoke so thank mm -hmm. you and, and somewhere in the commentary it says it says something like there's there are five moons there are six moons there are seven moons uh, so uh, that's an interesting point too. So uh, yeah, I mean the 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 the, the enlightened activity and uh, and uh, mundane activity are, are are always changing places as as just to who's in the foreground and who's in the background. But but you know that's the kind of relationship they have. It's not like one you know one one goes away. You know it's more like foreground what's in the foreground right now is zazen is a good place to bring 
you know, enlightened activity into the foreground, the one who is not busy into the foreground in a very vivid way, you know. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean, as you say, that that uh, the one who is not busy is not not always there. Like when I was at the Xerox machine, the one who was not busy was there with me and help and helping me. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing. They're not. They don't. They, they do change positions, and one one appears, you know, larger at 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 sometimes than the others. There's there's a receding and they and coming forth. I think that's the way I I would say. It is. Oh, I don't see a hand in there. Oh, Kenny has a hand there. Um, first of all, I'd really like to emphasize I don't, you don't have to be perfect with the Minorakasu. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> you will get your wish. <laughs> yeah, there's like this Zen calligraphy, like you just do it and however it comes out, I mean, I, every time I try that, if the teacher walks by and just shakes her head or if I would, so it doesn't always work for me, but um, uh, back to your Saturday talk, you went, you were saying, maybe you were saying that enlightenment was like tuning into a, a radio and maybe you want to try to get this channel exactly right. So like what Larry was saying, I had this thought, you know, maybe there's always a little bit of that enlightenment channel. I, oh, I, I almost saw it there, but I'm, I'm not quite tuned into it yet, so it's kind of present at the same time as the non-enlightenment channel. And um, fine, this isn't really an example of the one who's not busy, but I was doing the chant tonight. I was like, there was one part of me that was chanting, another part that was like noticing things in the chant, like when I came to Earth is Solid, and I was like, God, I never noticed that line before, but meanwhile, my voice was still going on in the background, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just ignore your internal commentary and keep chanting, but uh, so sometimes things just happen automatically. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Karen has a question or a comment. Thank you, Jim. Um, I can um, kind of understand when you're sweeping or washing dishes, well, you, it would be a little bit easier to be tuned in to the one who's not busy um, because it's kind of a quiet activity. But it's harder for me to imagine being angry uh, and still being with uh, the the quiet mind, you know, or the bigger mind. Um, I don't know. It just, I think sometimes anger is a failure then that, oh, I lost it and I got carried away. I got carried off. Um, so could you say yeah, anything about that? I, I understand what you're saying. And, and um, I, I have, of course, I have gotten angry in, in, in my life and what I've noticed about getting angry is, at first, 
you know, when, when, you, when you have the first flash of anger, um, it, 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 it's sort of unadulterated. It's just, it's just like you can't see anything except anger. But almost, it, I've had, my experience has been that almost like a second later, you see uh, that it's just, uh, it's just a display. It's just, it's just a, it, it, it changes almost immediately into, oh, now look what I'm doing. You know, at first there's no, no thought I'm doing something, you know, I'm just angry. I just, it's just pure, you know, emotion. But almost in a sec second, it seems like, well, now look how, look at me carry on, you know. And even though I'm still sort of doing the anger, I, I'm already recognizing that this is silly. You know that that there's something there's something, you know, that all that was necessary was that one instant. That was all that was necessary, and the, and the, everything that comes after that is is, uh, um, what like um, clinging. clinging or yeah clinging or neurotic or something like that like clinging yeah clinging that's a good word that's a Buddhist word, so yeah everything that kind of comes after is clinging. And um, so, anyway, that's that's what I've noticed about it. Um, and and when, I guess I would say when when I'm noticing that it's clinging, there's something then then present that's telling me to cut it out. You know that that this really you, you've gone you you. The, it's almost like the the first flash was pure and good. You know, it was fine. It was it was just what it was. But after that, it was clinging, and it and then it was harmful. Then it became harmful. It, the, all the rest of it came, and usually it's a whole bunch of, you know, aftermath. You know, that 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 then, then which is basically all polluted. Uh, whereas the first flash was just like lightning, you know, striking, and and it, and if you could have stopped it there, it would have been enough. Uh, yeah, Roscoe. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, Karen, because it gives me an opportunity to um, articulate my projection into this story, Yunyan and Dao I think, uh, as you said, Bill, uh, as you said, Jim, they are two siblings, and they're testing each other as, as siblings do. And uh, I think I think um, Dao was just wanting to poke Yin Yang for fun, uh, and uh, and when Dao raised raised the broom, he was going to hit Dao with it. That's what I <laughs> Yin Yang thought. raised the ways. Yin Yang, yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I think I think the story says Dao retired. Um, I think he walked away giggling because, because he, he was successful. He got Yunyan's goat. And Yunyan experienced that flash of anger. Uh, you know, I told you, I, I told you there's one who's not busy. Don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> Bam. Um, and I think it's an example of of, um, of a righteous anger, and and in my head, it just went through, 
and Dahu probably started giggling. I mean, uh, Union probably started giggling too when he got the joke uh, that Dahu had offered him. Um, and I think I think that anger, when it's righteous, is not only okay; it's necessary. It's the appropriate response. And if it just can wash through you, then it. Uh, in my experience, it does. It's done its job. It's addressed the situation, and there's no need to, as you say, to pollute it further. I wanted to say. Um, in regard to your friend's query about why should I wash dishes because uh, it's really quite boring, or why should I pay, be paying attention? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would say because if you don't pay attention, you'll miss being bored. You'll miss that experience. You'll miss your actual life. Mm -hmm. and, and you're tearing yourself apart in that way. Um, so in paying attention, we can, as they say, gather body and mind in one suchness. And uh, what was I going to ask you? Oh, when, when you were at the Xerox machine, when you told the story of being at the Xerox machine, what came to me was, what was it? Oh, all the senses that I heard sometime, all the senses enter... Uh, Interact. Interact. Interacting brings involvement. Um, all the Otherwise, each keeps its place. Otherwise, each keeps its place, right. Yeah. And guess what arose in my mind when you told that story? Hmm. Um, And it seems to me um, that you are not, you are not being, in, you are not interacting. You're not, there was no involvement there. Uh, the objects of the senses. Um, well, I wasn't reacting is what I wasn't doing. Right. Yeah. So you were observing, your senses were, were, Showing you, lady, and the sense your uh, your senses were showing you yourself, uh, and and you could see that part that wasn't interacting, and there was no need for, or uh, that there was no need for involvement and interaction and interaction and involvement. That was my story about it. Mm. Aaron. Alright, um, so first of all, thank you uh, for the story. I'm new and have not heard of any of these cases, but they sound like a fascinating body of work. Um, so thank you for that introduction. Uh, I was hoping that well, my uh, comment would be original, but it does resonate quite a bit with the previous speakers, uh, which is that the whole time that I heard your description of the story, I couldn't help but think, wait a minute, isn't Ying Yang just annoyed that Dao Wu isn't the one sweeping? 
at that point, <laughs> but criticizing him for sweeping. Uh, ironically, um, that fairly mundane interpretation does seem to resonate with the your mention that we often have an inner Dao Wu who's criticizing us. And so I found it interesting to think of it in terms of asking ourselves, okay, so let's imagine if this story were taking place within the mind of one person. And our inner critic is telling us that we're not good enough in some way. And we can ask, okay, what work is that actually doing? Um, I don't know if I have any answer to that, but I'm probably going to focus on that for a while. Yeah, and also, you know, we, you know, in practice, we encourage our inner union, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the we have we know we we have like an inner Tao Wu. I mean, that's pretty well. Everybody's pretty much got that, mm -hmm. <laughs> unless I don't know. Maybe sometimes I think if people were have been really loved all their life just unequivocally loved all their life. Maybe they don't have that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's possible. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I haven't really talked to anybody who, who met that description. Uh, but I, I, I've, I've heard of some people that may meet that description. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe if in that case, you know, the, the, the inner critic is, is pretty muted, you know, um, but I think otherwise, for, for the rest of us foolish common people uh, uh, who had a mixed, uh, you know, have a mixed experience with uh, being accepted for who we are, um, I, th I think the inner Tao Wu is, um, is, is there in some form. But these, but, you know, uh, the great thing is that no matter what our past experiences, we have this very life to cultivate uh, our um, recognition of the one who's not busy. You know, to we have this life, and no matter what the situation is, to have that opportunity is a precious, precious opportunity. That's that's the view. I have to have to ask a question over here. Is your name Michael? I haven't seen you in a very long time. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, it took me all this time. Well, the mass didn't help, but um, to to make the connection. But I finally made it here at the end of the evening. Good to see you. Good to be here. Yeah. We have a question uh, on Zoom from Simone. Uh, Simone. Oh, hi, Simone. Hi. Hi. Whoa, whoa. Oh, feet. Oh, feet. <laughs> Excuse my Excuse weird, weird background. background. Oh, boy. Um, okay, just my quick question is, I love, great talk, and it's just a real privilege to be here via Zoom from San Jose in my bed, all that. I had, had some health issues, so that's why I'm in my bed. But, um... I love the formulation that we go in and out between the sacred and the profane, enlightened and, and mundane. But I think that's really what occurs. That's why I really love that way of putting things. We do go in and out. But isn't our goal to see the mundane through the sacred, to be anchored kind of in the one who's not busy and then look out and see the mundane? That's the goal. I don't know if we achieve it. 
So that's my question. Uh, certainly, we want to, um, um, you know, put the, the one who's not busy on a, um, a tr good training program uh, and let him or her build up uh, him or her muscles um, uh, so that uh, he, he or she can, can um, contribute in every situation, can, can, can contribute that, um, that uh, calm and relaxed um, and uh, at ease perspective to every situation. And if there is such, you know, when we see ourselves having that capacity, we say, you know, oh, good, I'm going to go get some more nutritional supplements for this, you know, <laughs> this mind, you know. I'm going to, I want, I, I really like, and I'm really happy to see that I've, you know, this training program that I've given to this, this one who's not busy is, is really, really contributing to my, my, my well-being. You know, that's, I guess, how I would see it. Thank you. Okay, well, it's uh, 10 minutes to nine, and uh, I think uh, we can probably end now. Thank you for staying with us on Zoom, Zoom, and good to see you all, and Michael and Aaron, new, and what is your name? I didn't get your name. Kate? Yeah, I'm from here a month ago. A month ago. Okay. Well, welcome. And again, <laughs> again. Okay.